Hello and welcome to the IME podcast. We're celebrating the women at IME this month and our guest for this podcast today is Professor Pritha Dev. She's a faculty of economics at the Indian Institute of Management Ahmedabad and in addition serves two very important roles for the institute. Professor Pritha Dev chairs the gender center at IME and also the committee for management of gender issues the CMGI she is here today to talk about the work that the CMGI and the gender center do with the students and the larger IIMA community thank you preetha for taking out time and being here with us i'm really looking forward to this conversation thank you sofia glad to be here to start with can you tell us what is CMGI what is the center all about how does it contribute to making the institute safe inclusive and accessible for everyone thank you sofia for the question so um the center is a little bit of a misnomer because most of our other centers are to do with research this is not to do with research this is a statutory body formed under the uh, posh act of 2013 um and we are essentially the body which fights against sexual harassment on campus we have two main roles one to take up complaints against sexual harassment and two also to raise awareness about sexual harassment and ensure that the campus is free from sexual harassment and bias of any sort great so are the students or staff members uh, hesitant to come to you to share their issues how how do you help them So we help them in multiple ways. So one, we have representation on the CMGI committee. Uh, we have student representation. Uh, we have, I think, right now uh, um, three PGP and one PGPX student uh, on the committee, which ensures that people feel comfortable about coming and making a complaint, and they have representation on the body that will look into those complaints. We also have staff members on the committee, so that the staff feel equally comfortable about bringing forward their complaints. that said there is stigma around sexual harassment there are concerns about bringing a complaint like i can make the system as um, as welcoming as possible and yet for first the complainant to recognize that what happened to them is sexual harassment that takes time and for them to internally call it sexual harassment that takes time then to fight all the social stigma and taboos around this topic and come to a formal body that also takes time so we are recognize the fact that we are living in times where uh, you know irrespective of the me too movement it is still very hard for women to come forward women and in fact any any person to come forward with a complaint of sexual harassment so what do you do to spread awareness you said recognizing that an act of sexual harassment has taken place itself is the first step right so yeah. most people are not aware about it what what no. does the center do in that regard so multiple things that we do in that regard one is induction uh, we have a mandatory session with all incoming classes all incoming batches so for instance with the two year program or the one year program and other other long duration programs we do a mandatory session which makes them aware of the fact that a body such as the cmj exists its role is to fight sexual harassment that ima's policy is zero tolerance towards sexual harassment of any any kind so that's induction that's the sort of on the very first day of campus students are aware of such a body um other things that we do is we have uh, we this uh, this last year we did regular seminars 
So as you know, we were uh, in the midst of the COVID lockdown. Uh, nobody was traveling. But then, you know, webinars became very popular. So we did multiple webinars. Uh, I think we did it, we did around four webinars um, where we tried to bring, bring awareness around many aspects of sexual harassment. Consent being an important aspect. So I think we had two uh, webinars, you know, vaguely, uh, roughly around consent. We also do monthly um, um, newsletters where uh, we have an excellent RA, Monica Srisai, who does a great job of creating content for the newsletters. So we have monthly newsletters. The newsletters are not just created by Monica. There is also a lot of uh, contribution from the community. So we have regularly gone out to the community and asked them for their input, inputs. And those have been integrated in the newsletters. Um, I think we have 11 newsletters uh, today. Um, and other sort of softer ways of building awareness is we try to put up posters in places where they would be visible and do such other events such as we'll plan some something around Women's Day, perhaps a movie screening, which will be more exciting to people. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of uh, stuff that you do. It must keep you very, very busy <laughs> as a center. Yeah. Uh, there's also something very interesting uh, that I, I heard, which is called Friday Safe Spaces. Uh, what is what is that? What do you do? So, great. Thank you for asking that. I've forgotten to mention it. Uh, so, Friday Safe Spaces, what we're trying to do is we understand that uh, women and sexual minorities may not be able so as you know you see your first question was about do people come forward for complaints and we said no uh, so while they don't come forward for complaints women do have a lot of women and sexual minorities do have a lot of um, um do have a lot of things that they would be wanting to talk about which they cannot in a bigger audience so for that we have friday safe spaces which are open only to women and uh, sexual minorities um, and where we allow people to talk about anything that bothers them. And we've had uh, a lot of people come and um, talk about issues which were close to their heart, uh, which were to do with bias, discrimination, or whatever else they were reading, thinking about. And yeah, those, those safe spaces are, are, are great and I hope they continue. That's great. And I'm sure now that everybody's on campus, these will be far more appreciated and uh, fun to hang out yeah. Uh, together with right yes thanks I hope so too great uh, so moving on to uh, views about gender inequality at the workplace right mm -hmm. everybody from here moves out into an environment which is uh, which is very open which is not regulated they're not with just their student peers and so on what are your views about the gender inequality at the workplace uh, what do you as a center uh, do about that and uh, as a person, as a professor, uh, how do you talk about it to the students who are going out? So, you know, it has taken me some time to come to a conclusion regarding this. Like, you know, um, I was working abroad for a very long time. Then I came to India. And my first experience of coming and working in India was filling up forms where I had to fill in the name of my husband. So that's institutional sexism, which is you know, which, which is ever prevalent everywhere in India. And our girls, our girls who are going out from campus have, have faced that all their lives. At the same time, I think girls on campus are, are, are sort of our hope for the future. So our, our aim should be to, to make them as strong, as resilient, 
and put them out on the workforce and for them to shine in their workplaces. So when people come to us with complaints at the CMGR, our role, our, our most important criteria also is to ensure their professional success. So um, for us, the most important and the biggest change maker is going to be increasing the proportion of girls who are going out and continuing at the workplace. That said, we all know workplace statistics. We all know that fewer women are joining and uh, more and more women are dropping out as we move up the ladder. And so our go and it's true for it's true for women from across the spectrum. So this is this is this will also be true for IMA women. I don't have numbers for that, but it will be true for IMA women also. And so our aim has to be to ensure that women enter the workforce and stay in the workforce and go up to as high as possible. Wow. Those are uh, very difficult tasks to achieve, but I'm sure we're doing a great job uh, about it. So how do you really prepare uh, the female students to identify and manage these instances uh, of sexism outside the campus? What are some of the things that you teach them here? So... Um, I do have a course which is called Gender and Work where we talk about a lot of issues around women in the workplace. Uh, we discuss discrimination, we discuss, we discuss formal uh, aspects of discrimination, uh, we talk about the pay gap, we talk about where the pay gap comes from and we talk about facts where uh, essentially the biggest determinant of the pay gap and the biggest determinant for women's presence at the workforce ends up being um, marriage. So not having the child, not having the first or second child, it's just marriage. So we, we, our role here is to make people aware at the same time, and this is where I think my role as an educator is, I make you aware of these things and hopefully the awareness is targeted towards both genders, not just women. So we, we extend the sphere of awareness so that men understand what women go through. And at the same time, we don't, want, we don't want our women to always be thinking about these numbers and statistics. They are independent. The reason they are here on campus is because they're extremely capable and there is no reason why they should not be successful as they step out. And that's sort of the biggest messaging I think that needs to go out from all of us as, as, as part of the IMA system. That our women are extremely capable and irrespective of what the data might look like, our women are going to succeed and do well. Yeah, uh, and you, you just mentioned, right, that the course is for the entire class. So what has been your experience of having the male gender or men being a part of one of CMGI of such discussions? How has that evolved in the last few years? You've been doing this for a while. What, what changes have you seen? So... Um both at CMGI and this course that I offer is an elective course. So there is some sample selection going on. And the men that we that I interact with, uh, the men on campus, the male students on campus that I interact with, uh, have been extremely sensitive. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily want to generalize, but at least it gives us a positive data point. That our men, uh, the, uh, the male students on campus that we have, are very aware of the issues around gender are willing to talk about those are willing to discuss those are willing to give it deep thought um, so I've had it, it, at least within my class some of the most um, you know striking conversations have come up from men who have recognized um, so I'll give you a quick example uh, so we were just talking about how the male network is very strong and because the male network is strong and women are not necessarily included into that network 
they will lose out on opportunities and i had this one uh, male student who you know who said that you know yes of course you know when we go for a quote and quote chai sota breaks a lot of work happens there and a lot of discussion happens which would not otherwise happen yeah. and for this this kind of insight can only come from men and the fact that he's talking about it just indicates that you know he's thinking about it he's aware of it and because he's aware of it he could be a change maker as he goes ahead absolutely so great so so when uh, female students come in to when they go out do you also talk to them about uh, how much extra would they possibly have to try is that something that uh you know happens because it's it's a systemic issue outside of campus of course in campus we know there is no bias there are there's no it's all merit yeah uh so uh, yes on campus we do make a huge effort to make sure that you know it's more merit based at least at least from our side from the administrator side and when we go out we do know that and we talk about it via formal models where we talk about you know because of multiple things women may end up having to work more or or having to do like double the work to prove their worth it's fact how do you prepare our women for it i think our girls are already prepared they're very very hard working they're very bright we've got the brightest you know people on campus and they're they're very ready to do all that's required of them i think all that has to be driven into into these girls is is the guarantee that they will go out and be successful and as as long as they believe in themselves i think they'll do well great so do you as a center and as the center chairperson do you also do a specific research into uh, gender areas or uh, you know the impact of certain variables in the outside community so don't from the last year since the cmgi so i'm i'm the chair of two centers uh, the committee for managing gender issues and also the chairperson of the gender center right now the gender center is just for research it's 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 a body of all faculty members who do research around gender so a lot of my work is around is around gender particularly i'll talk about since we are i mean since we are this podcast is around sexual harassment i'll talk about my research around sexual harassment so we've had uh, one project co-authored with akshaya uh, vijayalakshmi and vaibhavi kulkarni both from ima uh where we looked at uh, sexual harassment of domestic workers and so we did in depth long interviews uh, with our domestic workers to understand how they deal with sexual harassment and what are their uh, reactions to different instances of sexual harassment you know as growing up in india it while it may not be very surprising but it's still very stark to find out that what their responses to sexual harassment are in summary are if it's a low level offense they take action and they take action personal action personal action in in the sense of like confronting the person uh, verbally or physically but if it's a high level sexual harassment so for instance somebody's propositioning you if somebody's trying to actually um actually violate you physically then their reaction is to just run away run away from the job run away from the person the the sort of shocking part is that reaching out to the authorities is never is never an option and by authorities i mean even authority in the sense of your work supervisor work supervisors normally going to be a woman so even that option is rarely exercised so either you deal with it yourself or you just quit work quit that household 
which sort of connects back to your question that you were asking earlier do people feel comfortable reporting mm-hmm. sexual harassment and apparently not at ima not in the informal workspace either and uh, so this is specifically a research project that you had done three three uh, faculty members from the institute had done mm-hmm. do students also participate uh, and work with you on different uh, research uh, assignments so um well not related to sexual harassment but related to gender i have a lot of work with karan babbar he's our uh, one of our brightest phd students um, he should he's he's graduating this year i really hope he does really well so we have a lot of uh, projects related to menstruation with him uh, menstruation sexual violence um, in particular so for instance we were there's one project where we looked at uh, uh, menstrual hygiene products uh, during the covid induced lockdown and we know that during the lockdown uh, availability of everything came down so yes you know menstrual hygiene products also came down uh, but what we see particular for menstrual hygiene products is one uh, household consumption of menstrual hygiene products is very small percentage of their entire um, expenditure and a lot of households are not spending anything on menstrual hygiene uh, which essentially means that a lot of women are still using uh, cloth and other you know homemade yeah. uh, things um and so what we see is that particularly during uh, lockdown in districts which had the severest lockdown uh, consumption fell very drastically whereas you know consumption fell for alcohol also consumption fell for cigarettes also but uniformly across all districts but districts which had stronger lockdowns actually had a greater fall of uh, consumption of sanitary products which essentially means that either you know sanitary products were lower down in the list of supply so they didn't come yeah. and women couldn't buy them or the constraints and the taboos against going out and demanding these products become even greater when there's greater uh, control restrictions on movement so that was one thing we did with him another thing that we are uh, that we've done with him is uh, regarding women's knowledge of ovulatory cycle so um, shall i ask this question to you Yes. Of course. Uh, so uh, the the question in the the survey is, uh, do you know which is your most uh, do you know which is your fertile period in the month? And the options are just before your period, uh, after your period, uh, don't know, middle of the period, etc. And I'm not asking this of you, but I have asked this in my class, and I think uh, my answers in the class are. approximately mirror the national average which is 20% of the women will correctly answer that it's middle of the period, middle of the month so um, which is which is very which is which very is a very small number I mean, which is a very small number and this is basic information yes if you don't know this then how do you move ahead absolutely so we have a project which works around um, this uh, questionnaire from the nhs also okay ha huh, those are some of the things that we do very interesting and mm-hmm. uh, since you mentioned nfhs so mm-hmm. you also work with bodies outside uh, of ima and with uh, the community right on research on work that you do what are some of the partnerships So uh thanks a lot for this question Sophia we collaborate for instance with IMA ally um uh, we also collaborate with women's leadership society within IMA 
and we collaborate with students against sexual harassment at sash so these are three student bodies with whom we collaborate with ally we have collaborated to build more awareness around the lgbtqia community and to sort of bring awareness uh, around the fact that um, queer people are actually more likely to face sexual harassment and in general sexual violence um, also to make people aware of what uh, being queer means um so i i think we collaborated uh, for one of our induction sessions where i mean ally had uh, some material regarding this we we are we are going to uh, we've collaborated also multiple times with wls uh, the one of the members of sash is also a student uh, cmj student member um and uh, together with wls and sash we will try to uh, do something for women's day uh, coming up soon that sounds great uh we definitely look forward to some uh, you know great conversations on women's day and thank you again for taking out time it's been lovely talking to you thank you sophia this was great